This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What do you do when you have a loved one who struggles with mental health or addiction issues? What I can recommend to you is you give us a call at Cash Centers. We're in network with most insurance providers. We're also out of network with a bunch of insurance providers. And even if your loved one or you is not appropriate for us, we will make a recommendation in your local city or hometown with the extensive resources that we have. So go to castcenters.com. That's C-A-S-T, centers.com. Check us out, give us a call, and we'll help you find the right resources. So I'm here with uh, Liz Hernandez. Thanks for coming on Always Evolving. Thank you for having me, Mike. We met at David Kessler's birthday party, and I had David a guest on here a few weeks ago. And David was like, you have to know Liz. Mm. And I said, who's Liz? And then uh, you were with your boyfriend, and I had to make it known that I wasn't hitting on you because you're beautiful. <laughs> so I had to tell him, thank hey, you. by the way. So are you. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. And you talked to me a little bit about, you know, you have a big past in radio and you've had a lot of events and you created Wordiful. So I just wanted to have a conversation with you about how did you end up where you ended up today? Oh, man, that's a long story. <laughs> I'll give you the really short rendition. Yeah. I always say that there's kind of two parts to this because there's a part of me that believes, or actually I don't even know what I believe. It's a, is it a little bit of destiny? Is it a little bit of fate? Because when I was younger, I was absolutely obsessed with radio. Mm. I was that child who stayed in their room hours and hours where my mom would say, okay, it's time to come downstairs and have dinner. I would call in all for all the radio contests. Me and my best friend would be on the phone trying to figure out what the plan was. Okay, you call this time, I'll call that right. time. And so I knew I had a passion for communication, for storytelling. There was something that was really alluring to me and almost magical. I don't know. It's like like looking back on it now, it would put me in a trance. Mm. And you know, you kind of don't think much of it as a child. You just go on, you go to school, you go to college. But when I was in high school, there was a radio contest that was happening in my, you know, my hometown at like a Target parking lot. <laughs> and they're like, come sing for concert tickets. They had me go in and do voiceovers. And the voiceovers are the things like when you hear listeners say like, hey, it's Mike from LA and you're listening to mm -hmm. insert radio station. And so my voice would play in my hometown. You fast forward, now I'm in college and I was a psychology major. I thought I wanted to actually be a child psychologist. There was something that I thought was really special about 
wanting to help people. And yeah. I had a beautiful childhood. So I just thought, you know, if I can pay forward what I've. Until you realize you're dealing with the parents and not the kids. Until I realized I actually had very deep wounds and <laughs> I shouldn't be helping anybody. No. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, as life would have it, I had to do an internship in college that led me to a radio internship and a radio internship turned into a paid internship, which turned into a job, which turned into me auditioning. And I'm giving the really fast rendition. And how is auditioning? Because you've been in radio for years. I mean, you've done a lot. Yeah. What's the audition like? So when I audition, when I so-called went in for the internship, that's just, you know, you come in and they just ask you, oh, you know, what are you doing this for school credit? Mm -hmm. You meet with the morning show producer or, you know, someone who's on, I don't know, the promotions team and they right. decide whether or not they want to pick you up as an intern from what I remember a long time ago. <laughs> but what I appreciated was that the where I was interning, which was in San Diego, Channel 933, shout out to them. The morning show producer saw something in me. He's like, you're a real chatterbox. And, you know, you kind of talk talk to everybody and mm. you'd be great at answering phones. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, do you want to come get your school credit by, you know, because usually as an intern, you would go to the weekend like concerts and go banner up the place right. or go hand out bumper stickers and put gas in people's car. You know, they do free gas Fridays, things yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, so the morning show producer said, do you want to come answer our phones in the morning and get school credit? I came and answered the phones and the guy who was hosting mornings at the time would always call me in to get the college kid perspective. And he's like, what are you watching on TV? What do you guys do on the weekends? And so that turned into, we want to hire you if you want to come on as a paid intern because mm. I was doing something right. You were like, hell yeah. And the more I leaned into it, I started to remember why I loved it so much as a kid. And I remember calling my parents and saying, hey, I think this radio job has legs. How would you feel if I stayed an extra year in college and double majored? Mm. And luckily I had very supportive parents and they said, okay, well, you know, whatever you decide to do, whatever major you pick, whatever career choice you pick, you're going to do this for the rest of your life. So make sure you really love it. Right. And I said, okay, I'm going to stay an extra year, double major, fill out this paid internship or not. It wasn't even a paid internship anymore. Now it was a job turning into a job. And luckily, right when I was ready to graduate, I was offered a job up north. I took that job up north for a little bit. So to go back to your question of how do you audition, you send an air check. So basically, it's like a best of reel. Mm. And I sent all the all my highlights from what I had done in San Diego up north. Got it. And so you send in a reel that's basically all the different reel. audio like, reels like and humor and character. The, yeah, yeah. If you sent all the highlights from your podcast, yeah. you know, if you were right auditioning for like the next phase. Exactly. And how long did you work in radio? Oh man, let's see if you count college. <laughs> well, when I made it to power, which was making it to the big times, because now you're in market two, which is LA, New York being market one. I was there 10 and a half years on big boys neighborhood. Got it. So yeah. you were in Big Boy. Were you the only female on that? I was. And and so if educate me on because I know a little bit about it, but Big Boy's Neighborhood was a hip hop radio station. Yes. And did you love hip hop before that? Absolutely. You did. So I, you were in it. Oh, I felt like I was home. When I when once I knew I was gonna get the job, it was a homecoming because one, I was from here. My friends, my family, they could all listen to me now. Mm. Because when I was up north, 
I had no family. I mean, I had, right. I had some family up there, but really this is home base for me. Yeah. And at that time, not only was, did I grow up loving hip hop, but this is when hip hop was coming to the forefront. This is when you had Nelly blowing up, Outkast, 50 Cent, the M&Ms, like you had the crossover, Mariah doing songs, you know, with Ice Cube. You had, right. It was just incredible. J-Lo and Ja Rule, Ashanti, you know, it was the t- it was the time when hip hop couldn't have been on a bigger platform. Right. And you were on the biggest radio yeah. channel for that in LA. Correct. Right. Which really that, it was like the, the New York show and the LA show, those were the two big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. And so- how did you end up becoming pat going from radio to becoming passionate about Waterfall? Like, how so, does that transition happen? Yeah, it, it it was a very long road still. So when I left radio in 2011, while I was in radio, I worked in television. I worked for MTV, and so when I decided to exit from radio from Big Boy's Neighborhood, I parlayed into television, and I went to E News. From mm. E News, I went to Access Hollywood. When I was hired at Access Hollywood. I would say within a month or two, my mother was diagnosed with dementia, Mm. which would turn into Alzheimer's. And my mother and I were very close. And it was so unexpected. It was that mentality of this happens to other people. It doesn't happen to us. Mm. And it really made me, I've always been, I've always had a natural curiosity for like self-help books and the four agreements changed my life. And right. I've always gravitated towards things that I felt were helpful in my journey. And so when my mother was diagnosed and one of the side effects of this disease is that you begin to lose your words. Mm. And when my mother started losing her words, it made me think about what are my what are my words into the world? Because the person I love the most is beginning to not even be able to say to me how she feels, how she feels about life, how she feels about mm. me. And my mother was my biggest cheerleader. Mm. It's like losing the charger to your iPhone. Right. And you're like, I only have so much juice left before she completely unplugs. Mm. And who's going to charge my battery? Well, that person had to be me. Right. And so it was really understanding that I need to affirm all the things that my mother was affirming for me, like I have to start doing that for myself. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it was such a imbalance. It was so interesting, right? Because here I am in the professional world, so excited to f- have finally made it into the into the, the big league, so to speak. You know, I'm on primetime television oh, yeah. for a major network. But the things that I'm talking about don't align. Right. I don't care. I, I just you don't, don't care. care. Right. I don't care what Britney Spears had for breakfast. No offense. Right. I mean, I'm just throwing any name. No, out I'm there. with you. And, and and by the way, it's it's interesting because we used to be able to escape that a lot more, the the not caring, and now it just pops up on our phone. Yeah. What someone had for breakfast, and we're like, not interested, not relevant to me. The amount of not relevant to me buttons I've pushed in the last week, I bet I've done it 30 times. Oh yeah. Well, and and you can imagine, you know, I didn't get into radio because I loved celebrity news. Right. I got into radio because I loved music, I loved storytelling, I loved that connection yeah. with the person who was telling the story and the community. And because I was the only female on the show, I was designated to the news. You know, mm. it's that gender role. Like you're the girl, right. you do the news. You, you do the news. And I'm grateful because it opened up so many doors yeah, for Yeah, that's me. what they did with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. 
she ended up with the news. Right. And listen, and everything for a reason, it made me really good at that craft. Right. And it opened up the doors to MTV, to E! News, and to Access Hollywood. But I never cared about celebrity news. I never bought, I was never that girl who like bought a People magazine and was like, I need to know. Right. It just wasn't who I was. And so the deeper I got into that field, the more I realized this isn't who I am. Right. And what I do care about is storytelling. What I do care about is community because mm-hmm. I grew up in a huge family with a gazillion cousins and aunts and uncles and always felt like I was part of something. Right. And that's when it really, so, so t- to answer your question, how Wordiful started, I one day was like, you know, I need to create something for myself, mm-hmm. somewhere where I can go and start talking about things that are meaningful again. And I launched a little YouTube channel called it Word. So Wordiful was words are powerful, mushed together. And I talked about the power of one word at a time. And what was meant to just sort of be a place of substance end up turning into my confessional. Hmm. And was your mom around during this? My mom was, so in the beginning of her diagnosis, I moved her to Los, Los Angeles and I was caring for her. And then as the disease progressed, she eventually went to go live near my father so my father could care for her. And towards the end, she was, you know, having needed, needing assisted living. Mm. Yeah, that's a hard thing to go through. It is one of the deepest heartbreaks. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you're not only- They're alive and and you're seeing it and- It's, it's, I always say, it's like small funerals every time you see the person because you lose Mm. a piece of them every single day. So when you started saying, like, what were some of the words initially when you created Wordiful and videos? Like, what what was the core of it? Like, with the word? I remember the first word I did was connect. Okay. Because- Again, I without even realizing it, I was yearning for connection. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was really beautiful was even though my mother was losing her words, she held on to I love you and thank you. You know what's interesting? Sorry, I'm just jumping on that. Yeah, no. The word connect. I think because we were talking a little bit before about how I did the podcast for a while and then I stopped and that I've had a new passion. And the reason why is it's I'm, I'm having people on that I want to connect with. Mm. That is literally, I want to connect with, they have substance. There's some depth. There's something that's a little interesting. I can learn a little bit. And it's someone that like has initial qualities where I'm like, either I'm friends with them or I could be friends with them. <laughs> or, right? Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. the, the baseline. Whereas before I went down my own version of, you know, access Hollywood was I would have people on this podcast that were influencers who had Mm. huge followings. And I thought that could create a lot of downloads for me, which ultimately would allow me to get more guests. But the truth is that was like a pretty vapid strategy that ultimately left me with not even wanting to record podcasts. And so like the previous guest before this was Suzanne Wallach, who like, I really wanted to connect with her and Jason Stroud, who's a fighting coach, really wanted to connect with him. You really want to connect. And you're so right that, and we were talking about even your events and that it's a place for people to connect with each other. And that, especially in this town of Los Angeles, there's so many people, but you can feel incredibly lonely. 
Absolutely. And I think to add to what you're saying, you know, the importance of quality over quantity, because everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the most popular person. It's about the right person. Because the right person, when you have a deep connection, David Kessler, for instance, mm -hmm. introduced us, right? Yep. And it just, the it's, it trips me out that I even know David Kessler because he, I have to one day, Michael, in a longer conversation, tell you how he and I met. But just the world that he's opened me up to and meeting other quality mm -hmm. people, to me, that's the beauty of life is just that ripple effect of energy of he he obviously attracts a certain type of person right you obviously are going to attract a certain type of person and those are the type of people that i want to create with connect with collaborate right. with right so you 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 said okay i'm taking this word connect mm -hmm. and i'm going to make a youtube video about <laughs> it yeah and then walk me through what goes on it was so interesting because when we first started we would, I just had a board of questions that pertain to the word connect. Like what song makes you feel connected? And it's interesting because it actually parlayed without even me realizing it into the game that I handed you. Right. No room for small talk where it's a bunch of questions. Which I love, by the way. That's why I already unpacked and had the <laughs> dice thumb through some questions. I was Amazing. like, oh, these are really good questions. I, in my I hope mind, you can use them on your podcast. In my mind, I thought, I was like, oh, this actually could, too bad I don't have video here, or maybe we collaborate on it, but there's something cool to do with this, which you probably have done already. But these are really cool. Thank you. I mean- It's like Cards of Humanity, but with purpose. There it's you like, go. That's, or like, that's a great pitch line. Right? <laughs> Because I, for example, like if I pull up a question that says, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you regret most? And by the way, on the back of that is if you look at the topic subject on yeah. the other side is, uh -huh. is time. Uh -huh. So there's the letters A through Z. So they're very intentional. This could be really good for the clients at Cast Centers, this game, because it's all these have... The, at least as I thumb through it, a lot of depth with what you're asking. So the categories of the game is intimacy, time. Well, it's A through Z. So it starts with an A letter, like a couple A letters, a couple B letters, a couple C letters, Ds. I mean, through the whole alphabet. Yeah. And I did that with intention of Wordiful is all about words, right? But really why... And it's so beautiful because everything that's been created from Wordiful has been created because I was lacking something mm. and I I was yearning for it. Wordiful was created because I was yearning for substance in my life. I was yearning for connection, for community, because mm. you have to think after doing radio for 10 and a half years and you're celebrating with Los Angeles, you're celebrating Laker parades, you're talking about your life. We swore in our first black president together. We've done so much as a community. And then all of a sudden I'm standing on a stage in Spanx and heels and a tight dress and makeup. And I'm looking into a camera that feels like a black abyss mm. and there's nobody there. It's just me. It felt very lonely. And then to know in the backdrop of that, I'm losing my mom. I still struggle with the frustration around shiny objects and the noise that surrounds them. Like, uh, so I'm a member of this 
club called the Bungalows. <laughs> I know the Bungalows. Okay. I, I have thoughts on the Bungalows. Okay. And I and I and I've said this before. I really, really wanted to become a member, and I and then I became a member, and then I hardly went. But I am speaking there in two months. I'm pushing myself, and I'm going to do a live event. I love there. it. I hope and you I'm going to and I'm going to. You're invited. You can come. And I'm going to I'm going to bring out some sizzle for it. I'll make it different. I'm like thinking about how do I do this thing so it feels different. So I'm inspired. But my point is, uh, I got two texts this week from friends. Or one was a producer on a TV show, and the other was a friend of mine who said, you know, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle just went to the bungalows, and they sent me a link. I don't give a rat's ass what they do or don't do. And for some reason, when both these times when I received that, it, like, angered me. Now, I, look, I got plenty of issues. We all, but I, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I desire not being a part of anything that's celebrity culture or strangers I don't know. Now, if someone puts out something that's inspiring to me, that motivates me, that fuels me, that energizes me, whether they're known or not known, I get it. But someone's attendance of where I'm a member just seems so strange that I was kind of like just it when they sent that to me my initial reaction was an empty feeling i don't know how else to describe it because it just i don't even though i've worked in it and been a part of it and coached a lot of you know famous people i don't quite it's like the opposite of connection in a lot of ways it's living through other people's lives who you don't know and very little of it is actually inspiration based. Help me. I th- well, here's the thing. And give me your thoughts on the bungalows. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that you know it is. Again, I always try to. I just think it would. I, I think it's. A we lot can of take fluff. out whatever. I think it's done. a lot of fluff. That's all. Yeah. It, it's all it is. I think it's a lot of fluff. Yeah. Yeah, but I think we gauge our lives according to celebrity life because you know it's kind of like when you see in the magazine celebrities are just like us Mm. and we have this disconnect where we think like it's like we we put them on this pedestal and so when like we see them fall from grace you know we're like whoa okay cool like they are just like us it's like but i i I really feel it's not about us being mean-spirited i just feel like it's a sense of we want to feel a belonging. We want to feel seen. We want to feel accepted. We want to, we don't know how to show up and shine sometimes in our own lives. Mm. So we look at other people to set that example. And I think that's where the allure of a celebrity comes in. I think Marianne Williamson said it best. She's like, we don't know how to be a star in our own lives. Mm. So that's why we're so taken back by other celebrities. Right. Yeah, again, I'm I'm paraphrasing there, but she said, you know, everyone wants to be a reality star because they don't know how to be a star in their own life. Mm, that's so true. Yeah, it, even being a member of this club, I wanted it because I really wanted to be a part of and feel like I was a part of community. But then I would never go to any of their events, <laughs> which I haven't, and right. it, and I wouldn't. I would. You're not supposed to go up to other members, you know. Well, see, that's my thing. It's it's you're you're paying a lot of money for an experience 
but what is really the experience you're getting? But I think there's also, I have my part where I have to engage in the experience. And in life, we can be on the, I remember Oprah went to Dr. Phil set one day, and I knew she was going the next day because she was going on his podcast. And I just started on Dr. Phil, but I was like on a rocket ship in that world. And Dr. Phil was introducing me to everyone. And everyone was really excited that Oprah was coming. And I didn't show up that day. And, and I've done I've had this pattern a lot. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Why didn't you show up? Because I think I, I didn't want to be a part of this community. Not, not Dr. Phil, like the all. The circus. All, you the, didn't wanna, I didn't want to be a part, part of, of the, the circus. circus. And then look for a photo op. Like I, in the right setting, I would love to meet Oprah because she's inspiring. I still watch reruns of her shows on YouTube, like iconic, brilliant performance artist, interviewer, compassion, empathy, all that. But I, to be a part of the circus of excitement, I just felt like I, that's not me. But in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have gone. And, and what I mean by that is sometimes we believe it's going to be a circus, but maybe it won't be. Right. And we create these stories about the truth is if I went, it probably would not have been a circus unless I believed it's going to be a circus and then I'm going to be a part of it. But if my intention, if my intention of going was to admire what someone's accomplished, mm. I'm satisfied either way. You're changing the perspective. I'm changing the perspective. I don't make it about me. I don't make it about a photo. I don't make it about being on her thing, right? Right. Or about the narrative of it being a circus. Correct. Right. And and that's where I'm saying with everything we do, you know, I I, I reached out. I, I, I said to the woman at the bungalows who's having me speak during Mental Health Awareness Month, and I said, hopefully people show up. <laughs> I, I just like, hopefully, I'm like, am I cool enough, right? Am I whatever? But the truth is, I can invite a bunch of friends, and I can throw an amazing party, an event, and I can do something really cool. Absolutely. And interesting. Absolutely. Instead of it being about strangers that, liking me. Right. And that could create the buzz of other people being curious about what is Mike in there doing. Right. Yeah. So I think the truth is we have to get in. It's so easy to be. Even Dave, we met at David's birthday party. David invites me to his birthday. I invite my friend Richie. And again, it's like we in life get invited to different things. And so often as adults, we stop showing up. Yeah. You know, if someone invited me to a comedy show last night, who I know through jujitsu, it was an improv. And I pushed myself to believe that the universe is telling me, go. And if I'm able to, I either am going to be tired on my sofa or I'll be tired at the improv show. Yeah. But there's more magic getting out there than being alone. Absolutely. Right? But I think you said it best. You know, it's it's really that conversation. And this is what Wordiful is all about, is leaning into that self-talk and the conversation and the narrative and the perspective. Mm. It's if you're going through life saying, life is happening to me, not for me. Right. It completely changes your everyday experience. I like that. It's interesting because I didn't even know we were going down this rabbit hole, but as soon as we went the word connect, it's suddenly, that's why this works. That's why you've created something. And then ironically, Oprah contacted you even 
for this, right? Well, that's what was so wild was right when I had made the concrete decision, like I'm leaving, I'm I'm gonna line up my ducks yeah. to leave Access. How I, long were you on Access Hollywood? Five years. Wow. Ooh, five years in high heels. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing sneakers today. I am, I, yeah. I'm a sneaker girl. Yeah. It was so interesting because I remember getting a text message from one of my producers and they said, oh, you got to be at the Four Seasons in an hour. You're going to interview Oprah. And I went in there with a very clear intention of this is so amazing. I just really hope it goes well. I hope that she sees me and I see her. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll never forget, I was really deep in meditation at that time. It was when I had really started the meditation journey. And... I sat down and I'm waiting for Oprah to arrive. You know, they're doing the camera set, set up and I just bowed my head, you know, in my, in, as I was sitting there waiting for her and I went into a meditation and I just said to myself, I just want our energies to meet that she sees me fully for who I am. And I see her fully for who she is. Mm. It's really what I want. And prior to that, I had asked my producer, I said, if given, if if it's cool with her, you know, if she doesn't have an issue with it, I'd love to show her a Wordiful episode because mm -hmm. I just started Wordiful. And my producer's like, she was so cool. She's like, yeah, go ahead. And so Oprah comes in and she's so sweet. Right away, she compliments me on my suit. I was wearing this white suit. She sits down, we do the interview. It goes great. I feel like we just, we connected. Mm -hmm. And after I show her the first word, I show her one of the Wordiful episodes, it was the word thankful. And we got into this whole conversation about, you know, she always tells her girls when it comes to, you know, Ed Cartoli says, if there's only one prayer you're going to say, let it be thank you. Mm. And that'll be enough. And I just thought, wow, we just had a moment. You know, we just had a moment. This was so great. And as she walked out the room, Mike, she said, I love that girl. She has great energy. The thing I had just meditated on, the thing I had asked my the universe, my creator, right. like just let our energies connect. Yeah. And I'll just never forget that moment because it is really about setting the intention. And Oprah talks about that all the time. Be intentional. What's What are you really trying to take away from the experience? Mm. And did that build into anything wonderful? Or? So what was wild is Oprah's team ended up emailing my producer and saying, Oprah had a great time. That was a great interview. Um, we really appreciated it. And I nudged my producer back and I was like, ask them if they'll take a meeting. <laughs> and she was so gracious. I, I just love her so much. We're still friends till this day. Uh, my producer sent an email and she said, by any chance, would you be open to taking an interview with uh, or meeting with Liz? And they said, absolutely. And I took a meeting and within six months, they asked me if I would do a segment with them. And so Wordiful became part of these vignettes they created, created. And then we continued a relationship and then they actually ended up coming to a Wordiful women's event, covering mm. that event. I talked about caregiving with my mother and it just started a beautiful relationship. And I'm still to this day, it blows my mind to think that it's kind of like what you and I were go back to saying, right? It's not always about trying to connect with all these people or mm -hmm. all it's what are you passionate about and what's really in your heart and i feel like that energy will end up connecting with other people yeah were there any words that like were really hard to work through like you're like oh this is gonna be easy and then you ended up on a word and it was uh when i did the word mother actually mm. you know it was very emotional 
there was a few words that were real. It's interesting. I, you know, because even with my mother's disease, you know that death is inevitable, that it's coming. And I don't know what my deal is, but I just really thought I could go in and film episodes a couple days later. And I'm just so, I don't even know, like just, I feel like I'm not in my body. Mm. It's very bizarre like to watch disassociating those. from the Yeah, it's very, it's very bizarre for me to go back and watch those episodes. But I think those were, I don't think there's ever been something, if, if, if I struggle with a word, I'll usually put a pin in it and come back to it. Because mm. what I like to do is pick words that match the season I'm in. So mm. it is actually easier to talk about it. If I'm going through something, that's the word. I'm, I'm going to find the word that matches the situation. Right. Would yeah. you say there's a word of your season right now? I want to say lean because right now I feel like life is really good. And it's been a very long time since everything feels like where everything feels in alignment mm -hmm. because I had a lot of losses. You know, I had, before I lost my mom, I was in a long-term relationship and that fell apart. And then I walked away from my job. It, it still feels like a loss because you're leaving a career that you've worked your whole yeah, life. Yeah, an identity that and you Yeah, built. exactly. It just, it, and I don't want to, I guess, because I'm still holding my cards very close to my chest. There was still, there were a few more losses after that. And it, you just feel like you're diving under the waves. Like, when is it going to stop? When is when am I going to be able to just come up for air and like float on my back and have the sun hit my face? Yeah. And right now it feels like that. But it's also very scary to lean into that because when you've had loss, you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so important for us to lean into the joy, into the happiness, because when we grieve, we lean into that. Right. We're like, oh, this is so hard and I'm so heartbroken. And, you know, you're telling everybody about it. But yeah. very rarely do we want to say, you know what? I'm so happy right now. Life is going so great right now. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. I've got to be humble about it because it's it's almost like you feel like it's taboo to say I'm happy. Mm. Yeah. And where do you want to take Wordiful now? Just continuing to grow community. Uh, we just launched. So the beauty of, of, of what gets me excited or inspired is to share the tools that have helped me through really dark seasons in my life. So Oprah taught me how to gratitude journal from years ago, probably mm. like 20 years ago, she's been talking about gratitude journaling. And I picked up my gratitude journal probably 17 years ago mm. and it changed my life. It really did. And affirmations, I'm such a huge believer in them because I had a little card box from, well, first of all, my mom used to do affirmations and I didn't even realize it. Like every morning she would go and pull this little card. It was like a prayer box, but mm. it was an affirmation. It was a, like, but a prayer affirmation. Every single morning, Mike, she would do it. And I don't know if I was, if I bought it or if it was gifted to me, but I had this little box of affirmations from Louise Hay, called mm. the queen of affirmations, who David Kessler is really good, was really good friends with, which again, just blows my mind. And I would write out an affirmation every morning in my dressing room, which should have been the, the red flag to say, hey, Liz, you might not be happy with this job if you feel like you have to write an affirmation every morning. But it really helped me because I would go out on stage and you're standing out there sometimes for five hours and I would just kind of repeat that affirmation in my head. Mm. And the other part was setting intentions about being intentional about what are my goals? What do I want? What are my desires? And not being afraid to write them down. And luckily I had a really 
beautiful mentor by the name of Kevion, and he taught me even how to break down intentions a little bit further. Mm. Um, he calls them the seven equities. So what is your intention for your mind, your body, your soul, your relationships, your social life, your mm. family, your work, and your money? And then it was like on from there. I was like, oh, I'm getting very clear. And the clearer I got, the more I started to see things manifest in my life. Mm. So I put all three of those, affirmations, gratitude journaling, intention setting, all in one journal, and we just launched it. And I'm- And that's the Wordiful Journal. It's the Wordiful Journal. And these are the tools that have helped, really helped me. Like when I was transitioning out of television, thinking, how am I gonna make my little train work, my little Wordiful train? Right. <laughs> is it gonna, right. you know, am I gonna fall off the edge or is it gonna go to the next level? Those were all the things I was doing. I was writing affirmations. I was meditating. Mm. I was gratitude journaling. I was setting intentions. And I just wanted to impact other people the way it has impacted my life. And that's also then brings you to the community of people who are a part of, and you did events, then COVID has, so you stopped doing events, I imagine. Now you're picking back up with events. Correct. Yeah. So my first event that I ever did for Wordiful was that was kind of like the, it wasn't even wordiful yet. It was just my first live event. Mm. Cause I was like, I just want to get everyone together. Cause at that time, you know, I still had a web like a website where people could email you. And I was just like, man, it's taking so much time to answer so many people's questions. Because when I left radio, there was this empty space of where'd you go and what happened right, and how did right. you transition? And I thought if I can just get everyone in one room and answer questions, that would be great. And talk about life and storytell. Mike, my first event, 350 people showed up. Wow. And I thought, okay, I'm not the only one who's yearning for connection. Mm. And that's really when I understood that there is potential behind this brand. And where do you think a lot of those people found you or connected with you and stuck around from? Radio. Radio. Power of storytelling. It is, they would still want to be a part of your connection to you. And so- Not only did they want to be a part of it, but they themselves wanted to be seen and heard because what started from those events were women were staying behind and they wanted to share how much they saw themselves in me mm. or share something they had been through, a, a sick parent or something. And so Wordiful Women was created and that centers women so we can just have a, a space of vulnerability mm. and I give them the floor and they talk about their work struggles, their family struggles, their relationship struggles, their identity struggles, their self-love struggles. And through that, they have formed their own friendships and community. Right. And I didn't I didn't even know that was gonna happen. But it's so beautiful to see because now these women are Is it all women? There there are men in the community as well. Uh, but it's mainly women. It's mainly women. And and so say I'm a woman today and I want to be connected to this. How do I plug into what you have going on? So obviously through social media is a is a great way. We, we're bringing back live events. Uh, we put everything on our website, but we also have a membership. And we do, it's basically I wanted a place where all the tools could exist. Mm. So there's meditations, audio meditations, audio affirmations, book of the month. We do community meetup where we meet up online on Zoom. Mm. And again, it's what we used to do with Word of I think this could be a good resource. I'm like, you know what's interesting, which I didn't have before, and that people have heard it now on the podcast. Like I had David talk to our clinicians here about his grief and grief.com. And then I had Suzanne talking to her. She did a training. She owns a, 
a center that does DBT, which is for mindfulness for people with borderline personality disorder. I had her do a training. And then now as I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh, this could be some a really good resource for all our female clients as part of their, um, you know, when they enter here at CAST to that they can plug into afterwards or while they're here as like a good community aspect because it's very like-minded, you know, with where people are coming from when they come here. So we get people who come here just for depression or anxiety or bad, bad breakup where they just, they feel heartbroken and they can't get back up or substance abuse. But there's a definite, there's a big need for what you've created that is about like heart and soul. I think there's a lot out there right now about like the entrepreneur mama, you know, like (laughs) there's a lot of that. Yeah. And I think uh, it's harder to find a non-denominational group. Yeah. Because again, the church will have it, but like to find something that really resonates with like, hey, I really want to be connected and, and be a part of something. And I thank you. And I, I, I'm really proud of our community because these individuals are so loving. Mm-hmm. They're so welcoming. Like I said, it's really about energy, meeting energy. It's, you know, sometimes we have people and people check in from across the country mm-hmm. and it's great because you can have someone who hasn't checked in in six months and then they come and it's everyone's like, hey, welcome back. You know, I'm so happy you're here. Yeah. And it's just the sweetest. So does everyone connect on Zoom as well? Like We you connect put on-, on Zoom on, on two. We have a Tuesday meetup. Okay. Um, yeah. We, I mean, I tried to put all the resources in there. Okay. So that there's a Tuesday meetup and then there's live events we that they can go to. We do live and the journal that people, is that mainly through you or Amazon or both? Or No, everything's through wordiful.com. So we have affirmations, the journal, the, the game, game, merch, all of it, you know. But really what I, I try to push the most is the tools that will help you as an individual that really helped me. And that's the affirmations in the journal. And obviously the game. The game is really, like I said, it was made out of necessity. I, yeah. During the pandemic, I was hanging out with the same four people and I got tired of asking them, so how was your night? <laughs> Right. We weren't doing anything. And I thought, you know, how can I get to know my friends, my family on a deeper level when we Mm. sit around? Because I was, like I said, seeing the same four people. And so I just started writing questions. And it was really beautiful because you think you know someone until you ask them, Mm -hmm. how far would you move for love? (laughs) Right. I saw that question. Yeah. You're like, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And especially when you're dating someone. It's a great game to play. So I went on a few dates with someone this week, and then I'll see them this evening. Oh, you have to play. I was like, is it too soon to bust out this no, game? No, no. I think that's, well, that's really what it's about is vulnerability, right? Because aren't those the things that we really want to see in someone? Right. Is the real them? Right. You know, and I'm not asking any questions that are, you know, like a therapist is going to ask. These are questions. So I'll give an that- example of, of the game. So- you roll a dice, which in my big ass, I don't even know where I threw this dice. It's okay. Just pick one randomly, But I'll pick Mike. a card. Yeah. And so Why don't do you we- give me some and I can ask you as well? Okay, cool. So you you show me how to do this. So we'll give an example, which I love this. Yeah. So if, if, if I'm going to just. Yeah. Go for it. So we laid out acceptance. We've laid out emotions. We have laid out understand. We've laid out quality. Well, that's, that's the thing is these magical <laughs> dice. All right, let me oh, look. There oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. Because okay, so they're all different. The so I'm going to roll the die. And so the die is lands on 
This one on quality. What color is that? Rose? Yeah, it's rose. Okay. What is your best quality, Mike? Oh, boy. What is my best quality? I would say, oh, my God. What is my best quality? See, this is good practice for your date. Yeah, because I honestly <laughs> don't know. It's like, you know, it. I, I would say uh, my best quality is my resilience. I probably would say. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why resilience? Well, I mean, I uh, was an ex-meth addict. I created this center outpatient in my apartment with no money. I was on like at one time Dr. Phil's advisory board and I was only non-licensed person. Like, you know, I have no license. And, and part of it is because I'm like, no, I'm, I'm here to stay. I can hang. Like, I don't... I feel like I'm I'm like I have a quality about myself that's like no you can Mike like you can show up and you deserve to be there and you just need to learn more you just need to read more you just need to study more but you can be there so like that's like the resilience we're like no Mike you can start a business like I love that you know, loving you, you, internal self talk Mike see I just got to know you a little yeah better. all right you roll now <laughs> Yellow. Intimacy. Intimacy. Name three attractive qualities in another person. Compassion. I love someone who is compassionate. Honesty. Trustworthy. One and the same. Because if I can trust you, I can do anything with you. Mm. And I would say someone with a great sense of humor. That's mm. really important. If you can make me laugh. Yeah. Got you. If, you, Got, if they're yeah. loyal, honest, trustworthy, and can make you laugh. Yes. And is there any quality, I'm just going on, on riff here, but is there any quality you think you used to have liked where later in life you went, mm, no, actually, I don't like that? I mean, I used to put physical appearance at a much higher, <laughs> at a much uh, higher level. And I realized that I need someone with substance and a good heart. And yeah, if, if, of course, like we're attracted to what we're attracted to, but that's not everything. You know, I think when yeah. we're younger, we think like, oh, I just need the dream boat. God, my ex wasn't even necessarily physically my type, but I was so attracted to him because of like, you know, love and, and being really attracted. But that's such, it's so interesting how we look physically for you know, the person that we really want to, I, you know, part of I'm on some of these dating apps. This is no, horrible no, to say. I was on them too. So. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things I think about when I see them and this sounds horrible, well, it's, it's not horrible. It's just, is what it is. It's I go, would I want to look at them when I wake up? That's literally what I say. Could I, do I want to look at them when I wake up? It doesn't mean they have to be so hot. It doesn't mean anything. It's just like, that's like an indicator for me. So I'm not lusting either. Like, it's like, oh, I, I would just like to see them when I wake up. Like everyone I've been with, I was like, oh, I really like looking at them when I wake up. Yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, I read, I read this, I don't know, I read it on Instagram, but it, it said something really profound that really hit me in the heart. It said, the person you're dating, if you don't want your child to be like them, mm. then you probably shouldn't be dating them. Mm. And I, that was just, yeah, because you do, you look at your partner and you're, you're thinking if my t child turned out exactly like you, right. would I be good with that? And I don't right. know if I want children, but I was just, it just makes you yeah. like that. It just really 
puts it in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I love that. And so you go around, you ask the questions. There's no winner to the game. No, the, the winning is the connecting. The winning is purely the connecting. Well, Liz, thanks for connecting with me today oh, and coming on Always You're Evolving. Cool. And everyone, make sure to go to wordoffull.com and Liz Hernandez on all social media platforms, right? Absolutely, yes. And I'll make sure to tag her. And, and go then we check. have to get you to come on Wordiful. Absolutely. Do an episode. I would love to. Bring me in. What would your word be? That I come in with? Yeah. Is it evolve? Evolving? <laughs> Evolving. Well, I Resilient? think. Well, I also think, I mean, I'm into a lot of different words, so it depends. I like magical. I always think magical is I a pretty cool word. word. If you um, were going to pick a word for the season you're in right now. Patience. Patience. I love that. Patience. That's one of my favorite words because it is my kryptonite mm. i don't have a lot of patience me neither <laughs> <laughs> me neither so it's like but sometimes when we force things it creates more of a mess and we actually just need to kick back and if we have faith in the universe and we're taking action and our intentions right it's like we don't have to control it no that you know it's that continuously is a lesson i'm always learning is that don't force the square into a circle yeah yeah it's it's let go let god you know yeah (laughs) well thank you liz good connecting with you mike it's my pleasure you're such a joy all right till next time keep it magical on always evolving